We're joined today on the podcast by a very special guest, Puneet Sahani. Puneet is coordinator of SEVA, Sikhs for Enlightenment Values Association, a volunteer effort of independent Sikh researchers spread across the world that are at the forefront of pushing back against Khalistani propaganda. Pursuing truth with religious commitment, they dig out facts from history that no one dares to look at, much less speak about. Seva thus in no time established itself as one of the most credible and courageous voices on Sikh and Punjab history on the internet. At present, it's banned on Twitter again. Namaste and welcome, Puneet. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Jai Mahabharati Sameer. Thank you for inviting me. Very happy to be with you. But just to start with, Puneet, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and what made it motivated you to do the work that you're doing now with Seva. Well, Samir, I'm speaking, you know, like from my in-laws home and, you know, like I don't have enough space in my house. So if you come here in my library, you would actually see like more than Sikh, you would see like books on uh, fiction, classics, history, uh, mathematics, statistics. So I have a pretty wide interest and, you know, like I never got into politics or something. But then, you know, uh, when they attacked the tricolor in, in our country and that was that why, you know, I had to speak. And before that, I've been feeling for a while, you know, because I, I am a Sikh. I grew up a Sikh. I'm a very, you can't say proud, but very grateful to be one. And we always got respect. And, you know, like Gurdwaras were a place for us, you know, where we found refuge and, you know, peace and growing up. And, you know, I'm from Delhi, actually, where the the, uh, the program of Sikhs happened, you know, and my father was very near the lens, but there was no hate. And then you come here and, you know, it's just nonsense. And you just tune out because you have to pick your fights in life. But when they attacked and then I was like, okay, this is a line in the sand and I have to come for. And then, you know, like I started speaking and then there are other people who like, you know, we think the same and, you know, we can't really uh, come out, you know, because, uh, you know, like uh, to give an example, we have a common friend, I won't take her name and, you know, she just, and she's not even, she would just retweet my tweet sometimes. And the Khalistanis found her medical practice, right? And she, they basically filled it with fake reviews. So forget, you know, if you have a job that you can lose by just like being racist or all kinds of nonsense, even they can destroy your, you know, like your uh, uh, private practice. And I think the same happened with Rajiv Dixit as well, you know, where Islamists went after him. So for me, I was just like, basically, like I worked for myself, nobody can fire me and I know more than all of these idiots combined. So I started speaking and then we just built a team and, you know, they're on the back foot. There's nobody to challenge us intellectually. So they can, they just run this, uh, orchestrated campaigns of like mass reporting, you know, mm-hmm. and like I'm back, but I've been like banned twice from Twitter. You know, they return me back when they finally get a human to look at it and they apologize. You know, this was a mistake. Actually, Quillette did a very fine investigative report on it. You know, uh, maybe you can link it in the description. So, but Seva, you know, again, no reason. It's just like mass reporting are banned and uh, the facts we are putting. Uh, I'm sure like people who hold like the chair of Sikh studies in this big American universities, they know it, you know, because we also build on their research and they speak between the lines. But the stuff we speak, nobody has the courage to speak, you know, openly. And that's why we became so powerful and influential in the small time. And just a matter of months, to give an example, in just a few months, I would say like maybe seven months or something, when in which for two months we were banned. So like I would say less than six months of effective time, the Seva handle had more followers than SGPC which is the Sikh Catholic Church, you know? So that was our impact. And of course, you know, if you see like the impact, like how many people were reading and responding it, then it's even more. So, you know, that, and I kind of coordinate that. So 
Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, it's great to see courageous voices like yourself standing up uh, to some of the hate uh, that we're seeing increasingly online. And unfortunately, in the last few weeks, we've seen some actual hate crime incidents uh, by pro-Khalistani forces. Uh, of course, uh, the Mandir in Queens, New York, which was attacked twice, uh, the Gandhiji statute right out front. Um, by pro-Khalistani forces, and then the horrific incident in Fremont, California, where I live, um, where uh, a Hindu man was just going to get food from Taco Bell, and he was abused and berated by some of the worst, most Hindu-phobic uh, uh, slurs and abuses by uh, a pro-Khalistan individual there. So, you know, I think within the Indian diaspora, People know a little bit about the Khalistani issue and the movement, etc. But for our American audience and those that are perhaps policymakers or in interfaith or organizations, can you start from the beginning a little bit and tell our audience what exactly is Khalistan? What was its goals or what are its goals? How did it start and how did it evolve to the point it is today? So, Samir, there are two points, right? And, you know, remind me, like, so the first is like this Khalistan movement and as it is understanding textbooks or like popular history. And the other is how we have understood, like doing research, like our team, right? So I'll give you the first one. The first one is basically, you know, like 84, like Mrs. Gandhi sends, you know, like this uh, army to like the Golden Temple. The Akhaltak is, you know, like severely damaged and that brings a counter reaction and the bodyguards basically kill this prime minister who had, she had trusted with her life. You know, the security said, you know, remove them. And she was like, I'm never going to do that to give the impression that Sikhs can't be trusted in India. And these people are like my sons. But sadly, her bodyguards end up killing her. And, you know, there's like a pogrom against the Sikhs uh, in Delhi and in which my father was very nearly lynched. And we should call it a pogrom because, you know, no actually Hindu was killed by the Sikh. You know, actually, the only Hindu who died was basically one Hindu who died protecting the Sikhs. You know, so it was it was a pogrom. But you know, and then it just starts uh, what do you say a decade of like militancy in which like you know twenty thousand Punjabis, more than twenty thousand Punjabis, end up losing their lives, and that is it. But you know, like for example, we uh, so you said we are doing great work, and you know, I've spoken to you and your colleagues uh, a couple of times. I can't say this about you. You know, I think you should do like much more. Like the you should be much more aware of like the Khalistani fact, and you know the problem with I, I guess you're Punjabi, and you know with the my Hindu senses uh, they just say oh like no we, we know you know these are like uh crazy people and Sikhs are our brothers and we just want to focus on like the positivity and something and, and i just think you don't like really appreciate the threat how dangerous these people are the so for example this guy Bindanwale, you know so before blue star or before this uh, mrs gandhi sends to uh, uh to the golden temple you know we have basically taken out and we have put subtitles and it's a 65 second video Anybody can hear Bindanwala and this is kind of, he would exhort from the stage and he would say, you know, like if my bus is not, you know, like what do you say, released by the police and by 5 p.m., like I'm going to kill 5,000 Hindus in, no, not kill. I'm going to chop to pieces 5,000 Hindus in one hour, right? And this is one year before all the madness of 84. And, you know, there's a guy, uh, he's a Canadian journalist, very celebrated. He's like a war correspondent, a man of the left, by the way. His name is Terry Glavin. So you have Terry Muleski, I think you should also have Terry Glavin. So he basically grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of Sikhs. You know, he he was a Gurdwara kid, you know, he was very, you know, inspired by Guru Nanak's philosophy. Uh, and he was 
you know, if you go into his old reports, he was the first one to raise alarm about Khalistan in 82-83 in Canada. So he's like, you know, these people, Bindanwala's men, they're coming to Gurdwara and they're talking about genocide and killing Hindus and, you know, like making a theocratic state and you should be very concerned. And nobody listened to him. And he's actually a very interesting guy because he's one of the few people who went to Punjab as a young guy of maybe like 30-something. And he actually personally interviewed, you know, like Bindanwala. And like what a, you know, like evil, terrifying man he was. And after, you know, like the Khalistanis bombed like this airplane. So he became so, you know, heartbroken. He stopped reporting about it. But he's a very important character if you're interested. So anyways, that's the general thing. Mrs. Gandhi sent uh, the tanks to like the Golden Temple to flush out the terrorists. Uh, you know, they mismanage, they miscalculate. The, my thing is like what our research has pointed out is actually this madness basically starts from the 1920s. So, you know, like, so a lot of changes when the British come and, you know, they do some things very intentionally and some unintentionally and the Muslim League comes. And basically, you know, so Akali Dal and SGBC, they are all institutions of 1920s, right? And they, so for example, what was Muslim League? There were some article of faiths, which you can't question. You know, these are article of faith. You know, they made it like, so one was, we are a separate nation. We are not part of an Indian nation. We are a separate nation. Second, Hindus want to, you know, like eat us. You know, it's like, and we, and because we are like a, a minority, we have to express our power by street muscle, street muscle. You know, these are article of faith. So the Sikh politics of this, you know, they basically swallowed this whole state. So to give you an idea, so Guru Gobind Singh, who basically forms the Khalsa, you know, he's a master of, you know, what do you say, uh, Persian. So this Qom is like an Arabic per Persian word. He never uses the word Qom. He always uses the word for Sikh or Khalsa as the Panth. And a path is just a path in the Sanatan Dharma. He uses Hindu Dharma in a few places. But if you now go to a Gurdwara, and this is what I grew up listening to, it's all about Sikh home, Sikh home, Sikh home. It has become so normalized, actually, that Mr. Modi, you know, he, four days back, he was tweeting, and he also writes Sikh home. Like, it has been normalized. But, you know, this is not part of our vocabulary. And if you listen, it's again this thing. If you go to Gurdwaras, like SGPC, their entire thing is Hindu is going to swallow us. Hindu is going to swallow us. And which is so foolish. For example, you know, Samir, to give you an idea, like, so, you know, in statistics, we have a thing called uh, C2 Paribus. You know, you have to make comparable groups. So I can't really compare Tamil Nadu with like Punjab, let's say, right? But the two most comparable, you can't get more comparable than that, than that in social sciences, Haryana and Punjab. Same, you know, like caste demography, same... Uh, actually, Haryana had just like everything worse than Punjab to start with. Now it's much ahead. So the Sikhs in Punjab are 55%, right? And the Sikhs in Haryana are 5%. But I have never heard like blasphemy or Sikhs under threat in Haryana. They are actually much more happy where they are 5%. But in 55%, because, you know, the SGPC dictates the narrative and all this thing, you always hear, you know, the religion is in under threat and you know, blasphemy. And, you know, we don't have a concept of blasphemy. Again, you know, I'm digressing, but, you know, just to make a point, uh, and, you know, like, again, part of, uh, once I found it, I was so mind blown. So, you see, we are one of the oldest civilizations, right? And we have so many languages. And it's it's a small point, but it needs a very, very deep meditation. We don't have the word for believer in any of our languages. So, like, Vishwas or Barosa is kind of like you can say, like, so, have you ever heard the word Vishwasi? Have you ever heard Barosu? <laughs> you know, we have uh, Jigyasun, seeker, Abhyasi, practitioner, Sikh, you know, a student, or, you know, Jansei Shravak, you know, who's trying to perfect listening. 
So it's a process. And that's why, you know, all these religions could prosper and we had tolerance. But once you had this idea of, you know, believer, so SGPC defines it as a believer. You have to believe in these things and you have, don't have to believe in these things. Then you automatically bring dogma. Then you automatically bring blasphemy. You automatically bring, uh, bring you know, like conflict between uh, uh, faiths. And, you know, it can really like tear apart, you know, like millions as happened in Europe. So it's actually, you know, very, very, so that is it. So all, what I have done is, you know, Bindanwala was just a, um, you know, uh, 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 what do you say, a tree of the seed that was set in 1920s. You know, in Urdu, we say, Atishvata yeni fatta, vakt karta hai parvish barsu. Like a volcano doesn't erupt in one day. You know, the time, you know, nurtures it, you know, like for years and years before it erupts. So this ideology of hate, you know, of like distrust and demonizing and, you know, like, all, always asserting on what separates you rather than what was, you know, like Guru Nanak's philosophy of what finding what is common between that, uh, man and what Guru Gobind Singh tried. You know, he's trying to find different sampradays in India, which were often in conflict with each other and trying to synthesize them. So they are just completely opposite of, you know, like Guru. So as somebody who is a Sikh and somebody who is like, a, loves India, like I have to, you know, like I have a two front fight with them. And it's not just they are attacking my country, they are attacking my faith. Uh, that's pretty fascinating. First of all, I have a little bone to pick with you, but we can talk about that later. And that's just not speaking out. We have been perhaps not as much as you have really done a, a focus, very focused job on this issue. But uh, we have um, in many other ways through reports, through working with members of Congress and educating them and, and others and interfaith groups been talking about this issue. Um, but yes, of course, we can always do more and we need to do more. Uh, that's one of the reasons we have you on the podcast today. Um, but appreciate the, uh, the thoughts on that. Um, you know, you mentioned the 1920s as a seed. And then obviously, you know, what the popular history is taught as the 1980s. There's a huge gap in those time periods. What were the other significant events between the 1920s and the 1980s that helped maybe add fuel to the fire? For this uh, movement to, to kind of really take off or to grow, um, were there other any points in that period of time that you could identify that really had an impact on um, the movement growing and really turning into the violent terrorist movement it did end up being? Oh, so the thing is, in 1920 it comes right, and in that time, like basically, if you look at like Sikh politics, it's basically like communal, right? But it's basically fighting Muslim communalism. So, because that's what the theme is. So, if you look at from 1920s to like uh, 1947, so they know like, you know, of course, and they play both sides. So, when they would go to the Congress and the Hindus, we would, they would say, we have Roti Beti Garishta, which would be like, you know, we share our food and we share our, you know, like we intermarry. So, you cannot have a more close relation. And when the Sikh communalists would go to like the Muslim League or, you know, this, they would say, we are also like uh, peasants and farmers and you are also peasants and farmers. And as peasants and farmers, we understand the pain of each other. And, you know, the Hindu is like the rich guy. So they would, you know, kind of like play both ways. But they knew, like, you know, like the threat is from the... So by that time, it's just like whatever, like Muslim League says, using its tactics oppose, oppose it, right? And and they had, you know, like the Sikhs were not even like a majority in any district. Like uh, in a district, uh, what do you say? Like uh, you can call it like a Senate seat in a way, like America. You know, it's it's a it's a Senate seat. So you know, like there were there were no no not a Senate, like a Congress seat. Yeah. There were Sikhs were not a, a majority in any of them, right? So after forty seven, the Sikhs are you know like again you know this virus that basically had you know like 
thumb of this we want a muslim state you know to protect like pakistan was we want a muslim state to you know protect our culture and religion whatever it had come on this side so that takes basically like 20 years and if you look at it so like the greatest chief minister punjab ever had and he is a jersi by the way like is patap singh kero so every great thing that happened in punjab you know punjab had great industry like the best in maybe uh, what do you say okay bengal started better but you know we had industry in punjab we had bhakra dam we had green revolution we had kurukshetra university so whatever you know like punjab is really progressing and he is like a sikh and you know he is like nothing doing with this akalis you know this is like a communal demand and something and we won't let it happen but when he dies mrs gandhi again and you know with this is the problem of appeasement you know the greek wisdom is appeasement never brings uh, what do you say is never seen as benevolence to be reciprocated it's always seen as weakness to be exploited so mrs gandhi you know comes out of and she's like i'm going to show lord hartinet receipts and i am going to you know like give them punjab like the sick communal state that the akalis are demanding you know so you know she she allows them and so now if you see like the akalis are celebrating but it's so funny after a couple of years they start oh you you have cheated us you have you have divided our state you know so it's just basically like pakistan you know like a 95 percent muslim but religion is always in danger and it's always street education it's basically uh, a mental virus you know this communal politics so the state is divided and now finally you have a sikh communal state which has like a sikh majority but very slight and the problem is with the akalis is even after they get this state the sikhs are not communal so you have people sikhs are a majority but they don't vote as sikhs they vote as indians so for example there is an election after partition of punjab where congress just just doesn't have more mlas than akali dal it has more sikh mlas than akali dal which is a sikh communal party and then they are like okay our rajan the eighth is gone if somebody they are a party to represent the sikh voices if a secular party has more sikh mlas then we have no reason to exist and then they start this you know like and then bindanwale comes and you know it's and you know of course the politicians try to play both ways even when bindanwale comes the chief minister again ajats ke darbar se he's like you know this guy is sitting in gurunanak nivas and he's ordering this killings and mayhem and it's said a part of a complex but it's separated by golden temple by a road you know please let me arrest this guy and i will you know we we will treat him like a criminal that he is but mrs gandhi is like no 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 don't do don't do and then he moves to the akal tak the akal tak is like it's not a hostel that you can just go and stay so no guru has ever lived there no great sikh has ever lived there so bindanwala was committing a sacrilege and all the great scholars of the time they basically said so and they were killed and eventually it became so much that the army had to be sent in and it was a miscalculation and you know it had its own counter reaction and then delhi happened and you know for a decade there was just like mayhem you know it's uh, and you know people uh, abuse like gill and uh, bhansi you know who saved it so to give you an idea how terrible this uh, tragedy was so before gill and you know bhansi they sorted out in 6 months again by what gill was saying this is a criminal problem and let us deal with them as criminals you, you know you have to meditate on these numbers so in 1990 and 1991 in 2 years 11500 punjabis were killed that means for i'm not every month not just one month every month on an average for 2 years 500 people were being killed and this was the main and then you know these people when they dealt with it punjab got back to a democracy which you never see anywhere so look at what was happening in ltt or you go to colombia or you see what is happening in afghanistan once you have a civil war like situation 
where you have like, you know, IEDs and uh, this and, you know, 500 being, people being killed every month for two years. You know, it, it's, it's, it, you have to salute the resilience of Punjabis that we actually managed to get a democracy back. But again, you know, because this ideology was never defeated. So for a couple of generations, the Khalistanis could, you know, people knew like kind of the atrocities they did. So again, you know, so if you follow just my Twitter handle, you know, I just retweeted it back again. So whatever you saw in, for example, uh, uh, what do you say, Kashmir files, the Khalistanis did the same. So there is a Tavleen Singh. She's a woman of the left. She's a very bitter critic of Modi. So she, I've retweeted her article posted in 1986 where Khalistanis posted uh, uh, bills outside Hindu homes that you will have to leave. Otherwise, your daughter will not be safe. And those who will help them, we will murder them. So I have posted, you know, Ramesh Vinay. He's also a man of the left. He's anti-BGP. He's still alive. I have posted his articles. You know, he basically, it's its not an opinion. It's a reportage. He basically goes to village after village. How women have actually been raped. Then I have, uh, what do you say, another thing I uh, posted. You see, like this, they burn 35 Hindu laborers. But, you know, whatever you saw in Kashmir files, you know, I'm not trying to undermine the tragedy. But I'm just saying, you know, like Punjabis, because... You know, we made peace and we just want to move on. Like, you know, and Kashmiris are kind of, uh, Kashmiris are still dislocated. And the fight was never between Punjab, uh, Hindus and Sikhs. It was basically the Khalistani criminals. So we kind of made peace and we were like, okay, move, move ahead. So for two generations, nobody could say Khalistan and, you know, win even like a municipality election. But now, because this new generation, they don't know what happened and they just have one-sided propaganda. So it's becoming radicalized again and they don't know what the consequences were or, you know, what, what it was. To imagine, you know, like this Mumbai, 166 people were killed. To give you like a perspective, you know, this terrorist center. And in Punjab, 500 people for two years. And the people who saved where no killings happened, you know, suddenly like this, okay, no kill. And, you know, we are, I see them being abused. You know, they were the biggest heroes. I am a Sikh. I grew up. And for every Sikh, you know, because like, what do you say? Uh, from 90s, when he sorted it out, Gil was a great hero. And now there is nobody to uh, defend him. You know, we are the most callous people, so maybe we deserve this. So you, you talked about two very interesting things there. You talked about the movement and the violence with the movement and then the ideology. And right. the movement and the actual violent aspect of it, the terrorism part of it was defeated. But the ideology was not. Uh, can you talk about why that is? Like, What kept it alive? Uh, why that wasn't stamped out when it did and how, what is the status of it now today in Punjab itself? And then we can come to the diaspora a little bit. No, like I would say like SGPC, which is like a British institution. Nobody knows, you know, like for example, I just said Modi used the word home. So nobody knows. They have basically established itself as like, uh, what do you say? Uh, like kind of it's Catholic church. You know, who are there to issue edicts. Well, actually I've looked at their history. So for example, SGPC stands for Shirumani Gurdwara Prabandha Committee. Right now, committee it's, it's not a brush word, it's not a word from the Indian language, it's an English word. Now, Gurdwara Pramandan, what does it mean? It's mean temple management. So, basically, if you look at all the Sikh communalists, they used to go to the British, and the memoranda they would give was explicitly say, We are not interested in politics, we are the biggest British loyalist, we have made maximum contribution and sacrifices for the British crown. So, please give us management of this temple so we can rest according to our rituals. According to our discipline, this is what they've given in writing several times that we are not here for political activity. 
but after that they started asserting you know like the this the guru said they said guru said whatever they want to do they just put it in the mouth of gurus and nobody knows and they have basically killed scholarship and i'll also go the biggest problem of the sikh communalism is they have destroyed scholarship not just in india but they are doing this even in america so now they basically are there to so nobody can challenge the sgpc so like basically like if you say something they are like you are speaking against the sikh religion i give you two examples to, to make you elucidate the point so there is this one very fine lady uh, she is home secretary which is like uh, you know like uh, priti patel of uk right and she basically you know she said nothing wrong she just said you know britain would not tolerate any type of violence or terrorism whether it comes from islamists whether it comes from you know white nationalists or whether it comes from anti semites or whether it comes from uh, you know this sikh uh, terrorists we would not tolerate from anybody but because you know like this always start like this gurdwara camp campaign you know the khalistanis were like okay british khalistanis were like we will come under the light so they started running this letter campaign all the gurdwaras eventually sgpc issued like a, i can't say an edict but a, you know like a poster against priti patel that you know like priti patel she has said as things again and she has demonized the sikhs and something like that and indian government would not defend her and then rt seva we basically went you know madam priti patel and mr boris johnson please don't listen to this thugs this is what they have done so i basically showed like terrorists who had basically you know like uh, killed this is by uh, you know uh, uh, amnesty international they have said they have raped they have defecated inside you know like the sanctum sanctorum these people are honorized honored as terrorists so we have like khalistanis who went to uk you know who basically killed people for you know promoting hindu sikh peace and they they were 35 years in prison when they came back they are being you know uh, they are they are being put garlands by by the sgpc so there was a great scholar you know his name is pr singh and he did a you know study of how uh, guru uh, guru granth sahib was you know like formed you know like uh, and you know uh, amazing amazing thing so he was accused of blasphemy not told what but the sgpc took his books and said you know they should be put on a pyre and burnt so i just said you know this is what the sgpc is doing and do you want sgpc had no answer and our you know like tweet with all these facts and data that went viral and sgpc had no answer so we had to answer you know only as sikhs we could come forward and then they shut up but again you know like look imagine what is for priti patel she can't answer they like okay this is supposedly the catholic church yeah. and they are going after me i can't go up. the indian government cannot go after them so this is how they basically like shut down by anything is basically you are against the sikh religion you are sikh phobic and these people have forget about scholarship they forget about culture these people don't have basic decency there's a similar concept at, uh, in islam that happened you know after the middle ages where all reason all debate all discussion was kind of shut down and that's looked at now as kind of where we are today and leading to a lot of the islamist activities that we see within the muslim world uh something similar that you're pointing to within uh the larger sikh community is that the sgpc primarily responsible for that are there other factors that you would point to that helped kind of you know at least amplify that or allow that to take place so i'll tell you something and you don't laugh it's like you know it's a very serious thing so you know they come with muslim league are danger so actually in 60s and that's how they defined there is one guy his name is jasbir singh mar he is basically like some orthopedic surgeon and he is in california i think fullerton or somewhere and then you know he had his guys here in now it's defunct it was institute of sikh studies in chandigarh 
And you know what they believe? You, you don't laugh, but really. So they were like, the gurus are not gurus. The gurus are prophets. And this uh, uh, this Granth Sahib is not an anthology of saints. And these saints exist hundred of years before uh, uh, gurus. But these are, uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, this is a revered scripture. And uh, what do you say? The Sikhs have very little to do with Hindus and much more to do with, uh, very little to do with India and much more to do with Middle East. This was their ideology. And what these people do, you know, what they lack in intelligence, they more than excellent politics. So they basically destroyed scholarship. They would go harass, you know, like uh, what do you say? All the scholars start, you know, campaign against them, take funding from them. So I know because, you know, so they have destroyed all scholarship. So like, you know, like the most brilliant, like was a TV guy. They made his life hell. You know, like, you know, they made it. The, the most brilliant book was written in 1984 by Arjot Singh Umrai, you know. And, you know, you don't find he hasn't, I, I think he wrote, uh, his career was destroyed. From, uh, you know, a Sikh studies professor, he was made an instructor of, I don't know, uh, Asian studies or something. And, you know, but he didn't compromise. So his career is for 25 years, he didn't publish anything. So then there is finally actually a jart again. If, if he came from Canada, his name was Jeevan Deol, and he did the most brilliant research in late 90s. And now he's not, you know, I finally found somebody and, you know, I, I can't shake, but, you know, like his contact, you know, like, okay, you're a great guy and you're one of the three or four people I can actually look up to. You know, can you just like, you know, talk to me? And he's like, I don't want to do anything with it. So this destroyed scholarship. To give you an example, there's one uh, lady, his name is Ami Pisha. She did some excellent research on, uh, what do you say, on uh, translating gurus, you know, like one thing and one biography, earliest biography of him, Guru Gobind Singh. She was harassed so much and she did, you know, she should be your top instructor in some, you know, because her uh, PhD thesis is brilliant. She went to the best Sikh studies program, which was University of California, Santa Barbara. You Google, you'll find nothing. You know, I basically went to the conference that published her papers because her papers have been taken down. I was like, I, I, I want those papers. They're like, we don't know. I asked the chair of the conference. Hey, she's like, I don't know. Ask this person, ask this person. Then I asked her personally. I found her email. I want your papers. She doesn't answer. And if you Google, you will find now she's instructed in some Rutgers instead of being like a, you know, associate professor at a top university. But she doesn't have a web page. You can't find, I eventually found all the papers, but this is how harassment and you know, the irony of irony is this guy, Jaspeer Singh Ma, who basically ran this campaign and has destroyed six scholarship. You know, there is no, that guy was, or he's a, he's a medical doctor. He's not a PhD doctor. That guy for his politicking, for standing up for the faith and, you know, taking out all these blasphemers, he was given the title of DLIT from Punjabi University Patiala. So these are the, Evil monsters, destructive. I'm sorry to use these words, but you know, like you kill, you look at the Jews. You know, the Jews have been destroyed and destroyed and destroyed. They or even the what do you say, ethnic Chinese. But these are such resilient, beautiful communities. But you know, because they always had confidence about their uh, intellect, they have intellectually decapitated us. So just imagine, like these guys. You know, we became the most credible uh, voices because we had the courage, and you know, we had nobody. Nobody could say it. Now, what we are putting out. There's nobody to challenge us. Of course, you know, some troll armies, they can come and abuse and they can say it. But there is nobody to challenge the facts. I'm sure there are people with big titles who know what we are saying. But they are about, you know, finding out, okay, they, this also used to happen. This one. But for an analysis, what is the most important thing? They will equivocate or don't even say it. 
you know they would go out you know like you know uh, would you say scratch and scratch and you know find trivia and trivia but the most fundamental things it's because the entire foundation built by sgpc is just lies so you kind of have not provided a nice transition in terms of how some of this has played out in the diaspora how widespread is support for Khalistan in diaspora? And let's talk about America in particular. I know a lot has been written and discussed about in Canada. Um, but in America in particular, uh, you gave a couple of examples of some of the harassment and um, silencing of scholarship and those that you know provide or challenge the, the common narrative. Um, but can you talk a little bit about in just amongst a widespread Sikh population in America, is there a lot of support for Khalistan or is it a smaller group of more very active and uh, vociferous and violent to some extent, smaller group of people? No, it's like, so it's, it's a small thing, but we should not say like a small is not because, you know, like people like this, you know, 3% is enough. And, you know, like even if there are two, 3%, you know, this is expanding. So we never saw like Bindanwala is everywhere. And, you know, they, they have captured 90% of the Gurdwaras. And, you know, like Terry speak. So, you know, like I would say, and, you know, these are criminals. Like the, uh, on, to give you an example, you know, uh, uh, Samir, this would really add perspective to your audience. So India is now are about 1%, right? And now, because numbers have really increased in the recent term, there is a lot of immigration actually from Andhra as well, you know, Telugu people. And, you know, so imagine what would be the seats, maybe 0. 0.33%. So, you know, recently a woman was basically, you know, she committed suicide in this Queens area. It's the same area where all these things happen, you know, like me. And uh, uh, what you talk about defacement. So the earliest Gurdwara that was found here, it was actually, they used to run in a church in late 60s. And in 1972, I think they took over a church and, you know, made this Richmond Hill Gurdwara. And they, even the Granthi came in 1976 from uh, Saudi. But imagine this small community. I'm not talking about accidents. So, for example, somebody murdered has been found outside. For example, there was a fire, people. I can give you four or five, uh, what do you say, newspapers in New York Times that have been covered about the violence that happens. So, okay, please note down the number. <laughs> July 23rd, 1994. August 7, 1984. October 20, 1996. So you do New York Times and you do Sikh, you will get this result. So they had violence, you know, like this one. And, you know, it's also violence. Is, it's also like a caste thing. You know, we can go into it if you want, but that's a more specific thing. And they did. And, you know, they started killing people. And they, 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 they this would take to New York Times. The brawls, you know, the policemen would be injured. So what is an ordinary person to do about it? I'm just talking about one Gurdwara, which was the earliest. And then, actually, if you read this, uh, GBS Sethu has written the book, when Mrs. Gandhi came, there was also somebody trying to plan an assassination here. So this is the level of, you know, criminality. Anyways, when they, the Jars kill, supposedly, you know, it's a New York Times, uh, uh, they kill from another community. So in 1998, in 1996, uh, uh, they start another Gurdwara, you know, just opposite it. So it's so funny. There are two Gurdwaras, basically in like, in a block or two blocks, you can say. But still, you know, they wanted to capture the other, the Khalistanis wanted to capture the other Gurdwara. So, you know, in 2011, uh, and you can find it in New York, Delhi News as well, it came in. There was a brawl. It's a very, you, if you do New York Gurdwara fight, you'll find it on YouTube as well. You know, that uh, the Kirtan is going on and these people come and they abuse and they use swords and they start beating people. Uh, so uh, that happened in 2011. And now when they captured this Gurdwara, like a Labana Gurdwara, this has also become completely Khalistan. 
So what you are dealing with is like, you know, like big time criminals and who have basically captured the Gurdwara by violence. And, you know, like uh, there was a fine book by D.P. Sharma also, like uh, there's a, what do you say, it's a, a decade in turmoil. The Punjab story, a decade in turmoil. That gives like how basically Khalistanis in a systematic way, they captured all these Gurdwaras mm-hmm. because, you know, the Gurdwaras kind of offer them protection from people who won't touch them. It will also, you know, like you can hide people, you can raise money. And, you know, Terry Molesky has also done and, you know, he already came. So I won't repeat myself. So this is just happening in Richmond Hill Gurdwara. And I, I was not surprised when they attacked the Tulsi Mandir or uh, 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 what this like this, uh, again, this Khalistani who was, you know, uh, throwing slurs at this Taco Bell. Uh, I know these people really well and they know me really well. So like, it may be a surprise for you because everybody has this, you know, a very good impression of Sikhs. And of course, we are well deserving of it. But what uh, you you really have to be aware of how dangerous and, you know, like uh, these people are, these Khalistanis. No, absolutely. I grew up in the 1980s and 1990s in the Bay Area and California. So we saw a lot of this type of activity. Uh, the Freeman Gurdwara um, in particular actually had a lot of issues there. And one of the former thing leadership members, you know, the name Bhajan Singh Binder was obviously investigated for uh, trying to purchase arms for use in terrorism in India in an undercover sting operation. He got cold feet at the last minute, but nonetheless, uh, there was a lot of reporting on that. So we've seen that here in the Bay Area. And then if you go further out to Central Valley in California, which is some of the places of the earliest Sikh uh, immigration uh, to the U.S., you see a lot of the Gurdwaras there. And it's really unfortunate because there's a lot of longtime uh, Indian community members that have been threatened there for speaking out against uh, some of the Khalistanis, Dr. Um, Dr. Kapoor out in Fresno, Darshan Kapoor, um, who helped found uh, one of the Gurdwaras out there, was unfortunately threatened uh, for speaking out against some of this. Uh, so we've seen it a lot in California in particular. Um, what how what role would you say? And I know you have all uh, have experienced this firsthand um, in terms of social media and the role of social media. How has this support for this grown on social media? And what uh, role have trolls or organizations or individuals played in keeping this alive? And glorification, I think, of some of these figure violent figures and terrorist figures uh, from the eighties and nineties, and then also the whitewashing of the crimes that they committed. So I, I would like, you know, you raise something. I just want to give you a point, you know, like, and we will go to it. You know, please allow me to digress. You know, like just by speaking, you know, it's so fascinating. The amount of material, have, you know, people have approached on the material I've got. So for example, you know, like I've got like this, uh, the third guru is actually one of the most impressed, uh, uh, important gurus because he's like the first guru who has a following, which did not have a direct connection with Guru Nanak. So he starts like formalizing the religion. And, you know, on page number 923 of Guru Gransa, you know, he wrote, uh, there is a saying which always had like, you know, the Khalistanis or the Sikhs are very problematic because he says, when I die, you know, like my priest is like uh, Krishna Gopal. And, you know, I want to be done like these five things, you know, which are Orthodox Hindu, like Pin, Patal, Kriya, you know, like there are two more and they're from Garud Pura. And basically the ancestors, you know, these are, uh, you know, I have the genealogy going back 500 years. This family is still alive. You know, they are in Bombay. And I have that in my possession. You know, there's so many amazing uh, research to be done. Now, the other thing is the family of Maharaja Ranjit Singh's Patrani. You know, he had a lot of women. But the main Rani who basically did uh, chore with him, she was from the royal house of Kangra. 
So the Royal House of Kangra, you know, that coming like Mehtab Devi, they have gotten in touch with me. And I couldn't believe, you know, because they are royal family. So they married to royal houses. So they are, they are also married into the royal house of Ranas of Nepal, which gave basically refuge to his youngest wife. And, you know, like, and so he basically gave me all these pictures and all the, and it was just like mind blowing. And I was like, maybe I should share it. And he was like, don't put my name. Can you imagine a royal family, you know, like connected to, you know, like the main wife of Maharaja Ramajit Singh. They are like, you know, no, no, don't put our name. And he tells me the story, like the, the earliest Gurdwara or one of the first ones in Toronto area is called the Pape Gurdwara, right? And his family had built it. And, you know, like they arrived. And he basically says, you know, like I went and they put the Khalistani flag. This is like old thing. And, you know, there's like, you know, my mother is 92. She's like of the last invasion of this royal family. You know, she's the only one surviving. And, you know, she still resides. What would you say? Like the Sikh prayers, you know, all these different things. Like, and they're like, you know, they abuse us and they call us names and we can't go. But he's like, I went to the Gurdwara and they put Khalistani flag. So I entered and he's like, take this down. And they're like, who are you? And he's like, my uncle, my masterji, he basically made this Gurdwara and he said, he pointed it out to him. You know, you write this name. We are the ones basically, you know, who found this Gurdwara. Who are you to, you know, do it? And even the Khalistani was so ashamed that, you know, for the day he took down the flag. <laughs> you know, uh, and go down to like, for example, on the West Coast, uh, now you see. So it's also fascinating. Most of the, uh, when the earliest immigrant comes, they usually write temple, not Gurdwara. And they, in the legal documents, they write Hindu Sikh alternately, mostly Hindu. And the first, you see, first Asian congressman, Dilip Singh Son, you know, turban wearing a, a, a very proud guy. So somebody has told me, I've not read his uh, uh, autobiography, but somebody very credible who I would trust. He says, you know, he, when he writes about his journey and, you know, like being a Sikh and being a congressman, he always addresses himself as a Hindu. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I'm sorry. And now we can go to other places. <laughs> no, no, that's, uh, that's, I think, very important information to point out. Uh, yeah, the question was in terms of social media, what role social media has played you talked a little bit about you yourself being banned for opposing the Khalistani propaganda, but how has that helped to uh, uh, kind of keep the support alive, particularly in the diaspora? And how has social media helped to glorify uh, some of the terrorist years that we, you know, uh, that committed horrendous crimes in the 80s and the 90s, including Bindan Vale, uh, but all the others as well? And also, what's the role in contributing to the whitewashing of violence against? Hindu and Sikh civilian in Punjab? No, the thing is, I think uh, social media is great. You know, like if you look at, for example, uh, Samir, you know, the Reformation. So Europe was in dark ages. So if you see the Reformation and, you know, uh, Reformation comes and then you have Renaissance and the scientific age and industrial age, it basically comes in, you know, like uh, uh, 500 years ago with the printing press. Where, you know, like people could print and express themselves and the church was not dictating what is true. And social media was great. So, you know, they can say all the lies. But we have all the facts. So I never say, you know, like you should censor Ravi Singh Khalsa. You know, like if you read this Colette story, you know, he was going about, you know, like how Indian army went out and raped sick women. And I basically give all the data, you know, like references, which you can't put. You know, like basically it was the Khalistanis who basically raped. And this was not said by, this was said by the reporter. This was said by Amnesty. This was said by the uh, finest Sikh, uh, what do you say, uh, what do you say, sociologist who did like a groundwork and even by Khalistani leaders and, you know, to explain how their movement fell, like, you know, the militants were, you know, like committing rape on them and he had no answer. So I'm like fine for letting them speak, but what is it, you know, like the Twitter is like, they, they know how to game the system. Mm-hmm. So they want to like suppress our speech. I'm like fine for all, you know, like, yeah, let's have a debate. Like, you know, that 
that's how open societies work is by, you know, like free speech. And so even this thing, to give you an example, this Bindanwala, you know, like they have been made, you know, like uh, he was some, he headed this seminary, which was connected to Guru Gobind Singh. Now, this is a lie. This seminary was a small nondescript in 1905. I found out. And, but this lie was repeated so much and nobody checked it. This lie has gone into the textbook. Even a journalist as fine as Mark Tully, he also says it and every book has written. But I basically expose this. This was in 1905 by some Surat Singh. And we posted, you know, like uh, after this information got out, people started asking questions. So finally, the guy who made up the story, his name is Gurtej Singh. He's still alive. His name is Gurtej Singh. Ah, yes. This is what he uses as a moniker. He's a brat. Anyways, so somebody asked him on a live show. He's like, how did you make up this story? And you know what he says? He says the Indian government was doing propaganda and Bindan Wai was like the greatest Sikh of the last century. So we also had to do propaganda. And the Khalistani host is ashamed. He says, you know, but propaganda is one thing, but you are a historian. How can you lie? And he says, no, like, uh, apart from being an historian, Bindan Wala was my brother and he called me a brother. So I did my duty as a brother. So, you know, like, now any Khalistani, we basically put out the evidence. Bindan Wala was not connected to Guru Gobind Singh. He was from this small nondescript seminary that started in 1905. And now it's done. <laughs> now, once you hear this, you cannot unhear this. Right? So I believe in truth and free speech. I have no problem. I think social media is great. It should not just be like, you know, they should not tilt the scales. They should not be like, you know, susceptible to, you know, orchestrating mass reporting to, you know, ban voices. Uh, and I think it's for good. You know, like we people have come to America. Uh, I have a lot of respect for it. You know, we people have, uh, I don't understand why people like abuse it or do it and have like complaint against it. We people voted with our feet to be here. And we are here because, you know, it's uh, free speech. So, yeah, our dharmic ideals are, you know, like this, but the most protections are in America. I can speak more openly in uh, New York than I can speak in Delhi. And I will always be grateful to this country for giving me that freedom, you know? Sure. Sure. No, I think you raise an important point that social media can be used both ways. Um, unfortunately, they have been very effective, though, um, in using it um, and getting their propaganda out. You know, why do you think that, you know, more people within the Sikh community haven't spoken out. Is it out of fear? Um, because as you point out, the facts are out there. Um, you're helping to put those facts out there, but you don't see a lot of voices that are countering the Khalistani propaganda. I'm sure that there are many that disagree with them in the community, but why don't you see more people taking a, a more central role? Is it just out of fear or there's some other factors? No. So uh, what do you say, uh, Samir? Human beings work like anything with, you know, incentives and rewards. So what reward do you get speaking guys Khalistani? I can tell you the cost. Like to give you an example, he's a great, you know, he's just like a farmer's son. You know, he's like very humble, but a real gentleman and a real educated person in the sense. His name is Halwashtu. He was a Punjabi journalist and he just stopped his newspaper. It was called Khabarnama. So, you know, and he's so respected. And you ask Terry Maliski, he's an encyclopedia. So any Canadian journalist write anything about Khalistan, they approach him. You know, and in 1985, he was a young guy of like, you know, like uh, 30, something like that, or just about 30. He just got like Hindus and Sikhs together in 1985. And they passed their resolution when the Slogawal Accord came with Rajiv. Let's give peace a chance. You know, we happened, you know, uh, this blue star have happened, killings have happened. You know what they did? So Khalistanis, they did recce of him. They smashed his skull. They broke both his arms. They broke both his hands. They broke his one leg. 
And that guy, you know, he was, and at that time, you know, Golam Namriyazad in Rajasthan actually spoke against this. You know, this is what is happening to patriotic Sikhs abroad. But nobody asked him. Then his family was about to be killed, you know. So he basically went to India to get his family here, right? You know, like my family will be killed. And nobody would hear. He's like, we don't know you. In the end, you know, this is a, he would never say this because he's such a humble guy. But I'm telling you, you know, what, what cost you have to pay. He had to pay bribes to get his, you know, family here. You know, uh, to get just their passport, not anything, just to get the passport made, he had to pay bribes for this. And when he get here, you know, again, the propaganda is, you know, a third of his family became Khalistani because it's just like one-sided propaganda and they will just, you know, like kill you if you say anything. And that guy, they and he's, you should talk to him. You know, like he, there is nobody who knows more and, you know, his story, if you want to know about Jatmi Singh or anybody, he's like an encyclopedia and everybody actually talks to him because everybody can see he is like a good guy. You know, even Khalistanis have a grudging respect to him. And now the two main people who are involved in this attack, to give you an idea, the one person actually, you know, we showed this, uh, his photo is being put on, you know, this Khalistan 20 referendum. And, you know, we also made a video and I, you know, I also shared with you. So he's in this terrorist training camp in like Pakistan in 1987 with this like uh, AK-47 and uh, anti-aircraft gun and rocket propelled grenade. And he is like their hero, the guy who basically, you know, almost killed him to death. The other guy who was main guy involved, he basically escaped to India. And, you know, again, Tamlin Singh has done a story that he killed, I think, more than 70 Hindus in a matter of 24 hours. So he does this in Lalru. He gets all the Hindus towns, shoots them, then goes across the border to Haryana, get all the Hindus down from the bus, shoots them. In 24 hours, more than 70, 70 Hindus are killed. So if you go, he's, it's a prominent Gurdwara. In Martin, Martin is Toronto area. Mm-hmm. So if you go there, Kulvinder Mali, who almost killed Balvinder Balas uh, uh, to death, who killed 70 Hindus in a matter of 24 hours, his, his portrait has been put up and he's surrounded by all these bullets and he's their hero. So wait, if you are in a family, you, you, if you have kids, if you teach your kids, okay, like this guy is the biggest thug, you know, he goes out and kills people and, you know, everybody is like, oh, this is the greatest guy. And somebody who is like uh, a decent guy and he's abused, that guy will become a criminal. Yeah. This is how, you know, if you go to pedagogy, this is how kids learn. It's not school have, of course, their role, but it's also the family. What kind of a person is being valorized? And they subconsciously follow this. As a man, you would have done this. Which or Whichever of your uncle was getting the maximum attention or respect, you automatically wanted to be like him. So this is what they are doing. You know, the decent people, there is no incentive, and if you are if you if you are a criminal, you are celebrated. So this is what and that is you know a problem of culture. I don't think any decent person would like to send their kid to a gurdwara in the next generation if you know these things are not reversed. You know, you raised some great points there. Uh, why have the groups so that are are I know we obviously there's freedom of speech here, um, but when there are groups that are still espousing violent ideologies, normally there is criticism, there's, um, you know, mainstream policymakers or others would want to keep their distance from them. But we haven't seen that happening in the U.S. We've seen kind of groups that espouse the Khalistani ideology, you know, very freely, you know, giving money to politicians, you know, being invited to high uh, profile events, you know, being in all the main spaces, whether in religious freedom spaces or policy spaces, whatnot, 
Um, and they've really flown under the radar or not flown under the radar necessarily, but the fact that they are promoting violent ideology has never really been called out or questioned or people forget about from within the community, but outside the community, nobody has really said anything or had any problem with that. Why do you think that is? So Samir, I don't, I'm like, I have a tragic view of human behavior, right? And I just think, you know, they should be called. No, politicians are politicians. They work with incentive and rewards. For example, let's take Islamist and Khalistani on one side, and you have the West Jewish Hindu on one side, right? So basically, they see like where there are the votes or where there is maximum noise. Like if you see something going viral on Twitter. So the thing is, it's ironic, but it's true. The most intolerant would raise the maximum noise when, you know, they are doing it. So you see, like, you do nothing against, like, you know, like Islamists, like they do Sartansi Juda and all this thing, you know, like Nupur Sharma has said nothing. It's written in the book. She has not said anything from herself, but they drive the entire world and, you know, like uh, behind her. So the most intolerant would raise the maximum voice and would get the maximum attention of the politician. Whereas the most tolerant, this is the problem also of the West. Like, I don't know, people just keep calling this country a racist. I found this the most open-hearted country. You know, and the Hindus, they are called the most, I found them to be the most tolerant. So the most tolerant, because they have a culture of tolerance, they don't fight back. They don't make a noise. So they would be ignored. So if you look at the incentives and constraint of politics, the intolerant is at an advantage. The noisy is always at an uh, advantage. So what we can do, you know, like, so for example, Jagmeet Singh, his entire career was celebrating this bombers who basically bombed 330 people. You know, he said, I didn't know. His campaign office opposite was to the Gurdwara, which had like a life life side post uh, portrait, right? But once Terry Molesky got him on national television and he said, what do you have to say about it? And he was like, he didn't say anything. And that he didn't say that alarmed like the larger Canadian population. And eventually, after 30 years, he said, yes, this was wrong. I trust the inquiry. And, you know, these people have bombed the plane, right? This is where I think, you know, I won't, you could do more. So... Uh, you know, this Khalistanis, how they're acting. So I showed this 65-second Bindanwale. Now, if you basically show this to your congressmen and senators, because they don't know what is happening, how how, how can you imagine like uh, they know? But, you know, you ask this Khalistan, what do you have to say? So once we put this video of Bindanwale, all this, you know, like tag, all this Khalistani or big, you know, like anti-India, not one person could come out and, you know, defend. But if you say, what do you have to say about it? Either they have to answer or even if they don't answer, but everybody sees they don't answer, you know, they will lose. Then they will condemn terrorism. So you have to make it like that. You know, you have to set the incentives that they condemn terrorism. Otherwise, they would not do it by themselves. And this is where I think you could do so much more. Like, for example, this, uh, to give you an example about how Khalistanis are. <laughs> Raja Singh, so Narendra Modi comes in 2014, you know, uh, in uh, mid-2014. Six months after his home minister, he in a speech says, Sikhoka Narsanghargwa. Now, Narsanghar can be pogrom or genocide both, right? And everybody was like, what the hell? This is what Khalistani said always. We always said, yeah, of course, you know, uh, Sikhs were killed. It was one-sided, but what the hell? He went on Twitter and said it in English as well. It's genocide. Now, look at what Khalistani did. Six months after that, they passed the first resolution in California. Yeah. And if you see that resolution, they said Hindus also came out to protect. And that number is 3,000, right? 3,000 in Delhi, about and 3,500 if you include all of India. And that number is this because, you know, the local Sikh organizations were trying to help the families. So this number was always 3,000 for 30 years. Everybody 3,000. But now it became inflated, inflated, inflated. And in like this last uh, Republic Day, 26 January 2022, when it was passed in New Jersey, it was inflated to 30,000. 
and all this like Hindus have have been erased and is genocide. And you you just see like for example from California it goes to Florida, it goes to Pennsylvania, it goes to New Jersey. This number keeps on becoming inflated and inflated. But the thing is they don't know what is happening. They say okay genocide. Rajnath Singh has said. Uh, two assemblies have passed it. How can we not pass the resolution, right? So, and if you look at the six for justice, I was watching their team on uh, what do you say, like a Pakistani TV show, and they asked them the question, like, how can you ask for a referendum? You know, this is a country. They said no. See, Rajnath Singh has said this is a genocide. So, once a community is under genocide, how can we not ask for self determination? <laughs> so, you know, this puny politics, and not just like India doesn't know. Like, for, like, how can you say like thirty thousand? The Sikhs themselves, you know, the, the Delhi, I'm from Delhi. So, you know, there are widows colony we tried to do. This number was 2800 something. How does it become 30,000? How can you remove from California in 2015? They were like Hindus tried to protect. It was orchestrated by the government. And you remove all that. From program, it becomes a genocide. So, you know, they took one statement. And now they have passed this resolution of like across like Canadian and American uh, assemblies. And you have this Bindan Wale saying in his own words what he wants to do. You should pass like uh, California should pass it. There should be no portraits of Bindan Wale and the Gurdwara. What he has said is much more damning than uh, what uh, you know uh, that has said. You do it. You do it in two assemblies. It will also become a snowball effect. If California passes this, that Bindan Wale from the speech asks for genocide and he should not be there. Pennsylvania will pass tomorrow. New Jersey will pass tomorrow. And then this will go because this madness is coming from diaspora. Because in India, we live, you know, like wherever the Sikhs are, less in number, they are more happier. So in Maharashtra, they are 0.1%. In UP, they are 0.3%. Nobody complains. We are very happy. So this madness is coming from Canada and like diaspora. And there you can do much more. So I hope you understand my criticism better now. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Taken, um, uh, taken well. Um, you've laid out a couple of things that the diaspora can do, whether it's, you know, organizations or individuals, uh, speaking out and trying to push back on, on these issues. Are you optimistic though? Um, in terms of kind of being able to, if, you know, hopefully people will speak out more and people will push back, but are you optimistic that it will be able to turn the tide or do you see that it's so late in the game that at least within the community that so many people have bought a lot of the Kazakhstani propaganda that it's difficult to turn against it? Or do you remain optimistic that things can be challenged and things can change going forward? No, the thing is, you know, like uh, we have to, I believe in truth. You know, I am a man of logos. So you, there's a lot of chaos, but from chaos, you go to order through truthful speech. And we have that. So I have no problem. I just think, you know, like people should support the truth more. They should not, you know, like do politics and, you know, like be politically correct. And this uh, organization, like Twitter is now a public square. It's not a private thing. They should not, they, to give an example, the one, like what you have for Gayatri month, we have Chupaisa, one of the most important uh, part of lit liturgy. So I basically brought out the fact, originally it had 29 quadrants. SGPC in 1920s chopped the last vote. Why? Because in 26, Guru Gobind Singh says, Kirpa karo humpe jagmata. Now, if you say jagmata, again, this stands the connection. So you really can't distort it. So now, once I put this in the head of the Khalistani, they have to wrestle themselves. Okay, this guy doesn't, is on the opposite side. But what he has said, once he has heard it, he cannot unhear it. Yeah. So I am a big believer in the truth. And we have the truth on our side. That gives us courage. That gives us strength. But yes, if you know, like others can do more. And Twitter can do less about, you know, like uh, interfering. 
and this YouTube. And you know, I, I, I'm a Sikh of the Gurus. I, I believe I, I believe in fighting uh, uh, unequal odds and enjoying the fight. Well, Punitha, we're coming to the end of our time. Any final words you want to leave our viewers with? Um, maybe uh, ending on a positive note. No, I just think, you know, like, uh, this is uh, really what I believe in. This is like, you know, we should all speak the truth, you know, and uh, this is about being a Sikh, you know, seek the truth, wherever that leads, speak the truth, wherever it falls. And, you know, like, may, you know, like our gurus keep inspiring us to, you know, to do this journey and you, we find people on our journey and find our own community. I think that's being a Sikh. Right. Well, Puneet, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, we'll have um, Puneet's uh, Twitter handle in the um, description link for this podcast. So you can follow him on there and hopefully support his work. Um, but thank you again so much for joining us and look forward to more conversations in the future. Namaste. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of That's So Hindu. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's how you can help this show get discovered by more listeners. If you want to help ensure that more of these get made, you can make a donation to HAF at www.indoamerican.org slash donate.